Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Hey, what's up? Hey, man. What's, what's shaking? Well, we were just talking about Morrissey. We were, before we started the podcast, we were talking about, because we talked about Morrissey on the other podcast, we were like saying what our favorite songs were. Uh, that were emotional. And I was saying, I think I was calling there's a light that goes on forever, but it's actually called there's a light that never goes out. And, same, same uh, was, thing. Same thing. Yeah. Close. Anyways. And the lyrics, oh, I was just reading in the lyrics, which are, uh, take me out tonight because I want to see people and I want to see life driving in your car. Oh, please don't drop me home. Cause it's not my home. It's their home. And I'm welcome no more. And if a double decker bus crashes into us, to die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. And if a 10-ton truck kills the both of us to die by your side, well, the pleasure, the privilege is mine. Pretty sweet song. We can go ahead and put him into the I'm okay column for no, sure. No, that's I'm not okay. You're not okay. But I'm okay in this moment. And if I die, I'm okay. And if I live, I was I'm definitely, still not okay. Was and definitely, you're still not okay. I was definitely just making a joke and juxtaposing... <laughs> He's obviously not okay and has never been okay. And will never well, be okay. Well, but that's the problem, is that he is okay, but he's never felt okay. That's the problem in life most of the time, which is like this idea that we as human beings who know nothing, none of us ever have, none of us ever will, are brought into this world with no knowledge of anything. And then the people that were put on the earth before us with no knowledge of anything they made up a bunch of bullshit and now they're gonna pile that bullshit bullshit onto you and then you because you're young and smart and thoughtful and intelligent and sensitive are gonna take on that bullshit and you're gonna feel horrible because it's all lies and all manufactured shit. Nobody's saying, hey, this is a bunch of sh- I, like crazy ideas that we came up with. Nobody knows anything. So take what you will and disregard the rest, but you're a perfect child of God and you always will be. You don't know anything, so you can't make any mistakes because everything that you know is just some domino thing that happened from the time you were born till the time you die, and there's no free will. So just, you're okay. You're always going to be okay. You're never not going to be okay. But no, that's not what we're told. We're told, oh, you didn't fucking jump through this hoop with the right amount of fucking gusto? Then you're not okay. And then as a child, you go... Oh, I'm not okay because I didn't jump through this fucking hoop with the right amount of gusto. And I guess Morrissey didn't jump through the hoop with the right amount of gusto enough to where he's like, a lot of his songs are about dying and being kind of happy that he's going to die. Well, and a lot of his music is about just abject loneliness, just right. com- just utter loneliness. How do you feel about that whole period of time where he was just like telling everybody that he was 
not monogamous. He had a word for it where he was like not having sex yeah, with anybody. A, he was saying he's asexual. Asexual, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was like for years and years. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that was like the PR. I don't believe guy him no, at the record company. Of course, no. he was having sex. He was Good fucking. God. He was fucking. And you know, he may he may have not uh, attached anything meaningful to the sex, and therefore considered himself asexual. But biologically. He was having a good time, probably, in those few fleeting moments. Well, he was a young guy, and he was in a pretty successful band. Um, I'm sure that he occasionally let the old load drop onto somebody's... Oh, oh boy. <laughs> booty. <laughs> Jesus. Drop that load on my booty, baby. Well, welcome to I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, what's going on? How, How do you what, feel about the word load when it comes to semen? We're describing semen. I, I feel like it's a pretty great word to describe semen. Um, I'm not trying to sound puritanical or anything because I'm people who know me know I'm not, but I find right. it pretty vulgar. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I said that and then took a sip of coffee. What the fuck am I? Am I a 65-year-old man now? I don't know, but I love it. No, I thought I find it vulgar. I find when it comes to like biology talk and like sex talk and stuff, mm. I, I find like proper proper words are the best. Maybe it's because I'm a father, but no. I, I, I'm very clinical about that stuff. I don't I don't like slang in relation to sexy time. I only like slang because <clears throat> it has there's some heat to it. There's some heat to using a word like pussy. Um, what are you going to say, vagina? No, no, but I, I wouldn't. There's no better word than pussy. If but there's you're no need for me to say vagina. There's no need for me in to the say sack. It. Obviously, if you're talking to your child, you say <laughs> vagina. I mean, I don't know. We're not going to get into what I say in those moments, but I don't. Why? Because this is because this isn't a private conversation. All right, listen, listen to me for a second. So I watched this show on Netflix last night called Tidying Up. I've watched. Well, me and my wife are currently watching it. Japanese. Show. Are you, Right. So yeah. it's this Japanese chick. And she, she introduces herself to the house and shit. Right. And she, there's something super pleasant about her, her vibe, and what she's trying to do. And she comes into this household. So I just watched the first episode. And it's this happily married couple with two young children, two and four. And they're trying to tidy up their house. But anyways, while they're in their filming, they kind of show them arguing a little bit. And I'm like... While they were showing it, I was like, this is something you just don't see a ton of. Now, you do see reality TV where they manufacture these arguments to create like an arc or a story in the show. But that's not what this was. This was just two people just not getting along in their house. And they just happened to be filming it. And I realized, oh, that's what all relationships are all the time. And we never see it. And we never talk about it. And even like right now, you're like, oh, I'm not going to talk about what I say and the blah, blah, blah. Everybody keeps all this shit hidden. And then this is where the I'm not okay, you're not okay. You have these real relationships just like everybody else. And you think, well, my relationship's not as good as all these other people. Because every time you see those other people, they're in public and they're being proper and they're not talking about their problems and they go, how do you, how are you doing? And you're like, Oh, I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are things going? Well, you know, pretty good. We have our ups and downs. Fuck that. It's not real. 
none of it's real. And then you as a person think you're comparing your real shit to this unreal shit and it doesn't stack up and it's not good. Uh, it's it's not good for people's well-being because they have these unreasonable expectations about relationships and life and 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 they're just not met because they they don't exist. Well, okay, first of all, I'm not bestowing it upon me to solve all those problems for society. I'm not going to I'm not going to air all of my private shit on this fucking podcast in order to offset <clears throat> what we've decided to do as a society for millennia. And I think there's a difference between being honest about, which I've been pretty candid about what my relationship's like. Sure. <laughs> there's a difference between that and being obtusely vulgar about what's private, you know? And I think understanding that difference is important. I'm not denying anyone access to honesty about my relationship, but that doesn't, well, mean, but that doesn't mean I have to show everyone what really goes on. Because I don't think that's that interesting. And I think if you believe that... I think if you really believe that the bad things about your own relationship aren't being mirrored in the people around you, then you're stupid. I know well, right, I know me, that people are going through shit. All right, let me let me use an example of what I'm talking about. So when I was in high school, and maybe things have changed now, and maybe things are different if you're like into sports, but I wasn't into sports. I was hanging out uh in the speech and drama department and uh <clears throat> the talented and gifted program. And uh and I was masturbating. Like, I, st- I don't know when I started masturbating, when I was 14 or 15, but I started masturbating. And when I started, I basically really got into it and was doing it all the time. But I, if anybody asked me, hey, are you masturbating? I'd be like, uh, no, I'm not masturbating. Are you? And they'd be like, uh, no, I was the fir- I'm not masturbating. I was the first person in my friend group to admit that I masturbated. I remember right, the day but, I did it. <clears throat> but even now, as an adult, I feel weird even saying like there's some shame attached to it even now after all this time there's still some shame attached to me admitting that I was masturbating and by the way I said I was masturbating back then I didn't say I was masturbating now do I, I th- masturbate now I know but here's the crux of what we're talking about if you were talking to me privately in a dressing room about how you masturbated when you were a kid I doubt right. there'd be any shame attached to that. You are aware that we're no, there, speaking to there thousands. Still of, would be. We're speaking to thousands of people and putting this on the internet and on a public platform. There should be shame attached to that. No, that's I proper shame. I disagree. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like my serenity in my life is in direct proportion to how authentic I am in all my affairs. So. If there's anything that I'm hiding from anybody, what the amount of stuff that I'm hiding is going to correlate directly with how happy I am. I know, but if this I have is, nothing, if I have nothing to hide, then that's the way I can be the most that, serene. I in my agree, life. I agree with you, but here's where that model breaks down. That model only makes sense in your intimate relationships. It does not apply across the board to every time you're around people. When you're fucking checking out at the HEB. And the cashier asks you how you are, and you tell her, well, actually, I'm not doing super hot. I haven't pooped in 46 days. That isn't you being completely honest. That's that's you overextending information that, needs, okay. that she doesn't want. All right, but let's, let's dissect what you just and said. And then you're going to be like, oh, I'm ashamed I didn't tell the cashier about my fucking irregularities of my bowels. All right, but, all right. first of all, if you're checking out at, in line... And you mm-hmm. haven't pooped in 46 days. First of all, you're a corpse. 
So you're not alive anymore. So at that point, whatever you say is make-believe because corpses don't speak the language of the living. All right. Yes, and? All right. Anyways. What's, uh, what's, here's, do you understand here's, what I'm saying? You can't, you can't I, apply that I to get, everything. It only applies to your relationships that are, uh, that are sub- substantial. I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But All right. I get what you're saying. I don't agree with what you're saying. If somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm just going to say, if I'm not doing well, I'm just going to be like, not well. Yeah, you're going to say not well, but you're going to be ashamed that you didn't go into detail? No, I'm just going to say not well. And now if the other person's like, why? Then I'll be like, well, I'll just look, I'll just... Play it by ear and go, well, how much time do I want to spend telling this person about how I'm doing? And if I don't want to spend a lot of time, I'll just be like, well, I don't really want to go into details about it. Or maybe I've got some time. Maybe I will go into details. But here's what I'm not going to do. It's like with you um, and Nova with Christmas. Like You're like, I'm not going to lie to her about Santa Claus because but, you think that's a really but important that's not thing. But that's not the dumbass checking me out at HEB that is you excited about Santa tonight. I'll just say to her, sure. I'm not going to get into it with her about Santa. We're talking about my daughter, the most important relationship I have. So I've decided in that relationship, again, the most important one I have, we're not lying about anything. I'm not doing right. that with the cashier at Kroger. It didn't happen. Know, but, different but relationship, the, different rules. I'm talking about my relation. Everything's relationships. So there's my intimate relationship, my personal, and then acquaintance, and then strangers. Mm-hmm. But my relationship to the world needs to be authentic for me to be happy. And if I'm pretending to be something that I'm not, the more of that I do, the less serene I am. And the more stressed out I am, and the more I don't feel good about who I am. I just don't think the the niceties of society, oh, how's the weather? How you doing? Good. Hey, what's up? Nothing. How are you? Good. Good. I don't think those would fall under, I'm not being... I'm blo- I'm inhibiting serenity because I'm not being my honest self. That doesn't fall into that for me. When someone looks you in the eye and says, "Hey, how are you feeling about your job?" and you lie about that over coffee with with a friend of yours, then you are being dishonest and you are inhibiting serenity. But in the pleasantries of society, the elevator talk on the way up to the whatever to your dentist, "Hey, how's it going?" You're, I'm not going to tell that person the truth about it, and I'm not going to feel ashamed of it because not everything true is worth telling everybody. Truth is complicated, and you can. I'll tell you what. You want to. You want the recipe for a truly unhappy life? Go start telling everybody in the world the truth about everything. You'll create unhappiness. I believe. I disagree. Now, granted, here's what I don't do. If I am coming up to somebody who I do not want to talk to, and I know I don't want to talk to them, and they ask me how I'm doing, I don't care how I'm doing. The answer is great, (laughs) because I'm moving forward. Now, that's me making a decision that I don't want to interact with this person. But are you feeling like you're you're inhibiting serenity when you do that? As long as... All right. You're protecting your serenity when you do that. You are looking after yourself by saying, I'm going to take the path. I'm going to keep moving forward through the world. I'm not going to get bogged down telling someone I don't want to talk to. My bug guy came the other day, and he loves to fucking talk. He loves to talk about our kids and all this. And I gave him the short answer, which is basically the social cue of I don't want to talk to you. If you ask me how my Christmas is, and I say good, and I don't ask you how your Christmas was too, end of convo. (laughs) 
Yeah, some people get that and some people don't. He he doesn't. Yeah, any New Year's plans? <laughs> nope. Oh, what you working on? Music. He always fucking interrupts me, man. And then he wants to talk well, about life. He's my bug he guy. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. Well, Damien, you're fired. His feelings would be really Dam- hurt. Damien, you're fucking fired. Now again, you're not feeling good about that conversation, by the way. Because I can no, tell but I blame him the way for you're, the, I blame him. I know, right? But the way you're telling it is you're not having a good time. Now, if you were to tell him, he goes, "How are you doing?" And you're like, "Look, I I, I don't know how to say this in in a non rude way. I'm just going to tell you as honestly as I can. I really don't want to talk to you. So please, let's just keep our relationship uh, business friendly." And let's not talk. Well, I ended now, up that would be the truth. Now I ended up sending. Would him, that make you feel better or worse? It's the same thing. That's what social cues are. Social cues are a shorthand, nonverbal, well, sometimes verbal way of communicating that very thing. Listen, dude, in life you can't be in every relationship in life. You can't be like, hey, come here, let me break this down for you. <clears throat> Here's the deal. I'm busy working, and we're not really intimately friends. We have a transactional relationship where I pay you to kill the bugs in my house. When you come into my work while I'm riding with someone who you can clearly see sitting here, you're interrupting me, and I don't want to talk to you about your kids or my kids, and I think you are rude, and I think that you waste my time. Fuck all that. Here's the cue. How was your Christmas? Good. Any New Year's plans? Nope. What are you working on? Music. I know, but and then he came back. Not- then he came back a second time, and I could see him silhouetted out of my studio. I was like, "That's my fucking bug guy again." And I'm I'm Dude, riding I'm with only, somebody. I'm only laughing because I can tell how unhappy you are having I, that. So listen, listen. So I open the door again. Hey, Damien. He's like, "Man, I'm sorry to bother you again. Um, do you think you could write me a check? Huh? <laughs> what? Huh? Motherfucker's got my debit card on file, bitch." He's like, well, it's just costing me too much money to run the... I'm, I'm going to need to do a check. I immediately right. just started writing a check. And then I, I was mad about this all day, and I shot him a text later. <clears throat> so this is tying into your thing. Because I think he's too stupid to even understand that that wasn't cool. All this wasn't cool. I said, hey, Damien, here's the deal. And I laid it all out. I said, I work from home. Uh, you came unannounced. And when you came, you wanted to talk about personal stuff. And I was like, I don't value that as a customer. I... Uh, because he's just wanting to keep his customers. Oh, ask him about his kids. That way he'll keep hiring me to be his bug guy. I'm not like that. The little we talk, the more job security you have. Just do your fucking job. Leave me alone. And I said, the check thing, I'm not going to write you any more checks. If it's too expensive for you to run my credit card, then I need to find a new bug guy. And if none of this is acceptable for you, or if this is too much of a bummer for you, just let me know. I'll find someone else. He just wrote back, got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> How did you feel afterwards? Great. Oh, well, there you go. Well, because I think next time, none of that's going to happen again. But but I'm mad at him about it, though, because he basically wasted more of my time by being ignorant of social cues, which means he's probably on the spectrum, as we talked about a few episodes ago. Well, I'll be interested. Next time he comes, after that, when, when we have the podcast, just bring it up again and let me know how that interaction went after you wrote him that. And then see, I, I well, Bob, know what the goal is for time. me to never talk to him again because he doesn't have to come inside to do the house. He just sprays the outside. But oh, he's always he like, oh. he's, hey, man. And he'll, he'll say weird shit like this. Like they're having their second kid. I hate that I know this, but they're having their second kid. 
Oh, right. cool. You guys going to have any other kids? And I say, nope, one and done, homie. He's like, well, you know, it's, it's not really good for the kid to be an only child. He says shit like that. <laughs> listen, that's motherfucker. Way much, that's way too much talk to the bug. Oh, guy. but listen, Bob, he's just being honest. He's just telling me his truth for serenity. I mean, listen, motherfucker, kill the bugs and get the fuck out. All right, but there's a, okay, but there's a difference between truth and opinion, and that guy's telling you his opinion. That's not truth. Unsolicited, and I I don't give a fuck what his opinions are literally about anything except bugs. Right. Sure. No, I get it. I mean, I, I have a bug guy, and he always knocks on the door, and I never answer the door because I know it's the bug guy. Because nobody comes to my house, which is the way I want it and the way I prefer it to be. And so he just comes and knocks on the door and then leaves a little piece of paper on the door and then goes about his business. And uh, What does the paper say? Is it a receipt? Yeah, it's just a, you know, an invoice receipt. And then it's all taken out of a credit card. And, and I never talked to him. But the few times that I've like maybe been outside or something and he's caught me unawares, yeah. Same, I, we may have the same bug guy, even though you're in Nashville and I'm in Austin, because he's like, hey, what's up? Uh, how you doing? Bro? Well, the, Nashville, to talk. And then he wants to shake my hand with those bug no, fingers. I'm no. like, no, man, you've been killing vermin all day. I don't know what's on those fucking hands. I think but, I'm done. Uh, do, shake- I, do I shake his hand? No. Yes, I shake his hand. Oh, because really? Why? You, yeah, you, you, well, you, you've always got the fist bump. The fist bump is always a way out of that. I think I'm done shaking hands in general forever. Mm, I shake hands. I even shake hands with homeless people. And I'm like, that hand has got poop and pee on it for sure. And who knows, other dudes' dicks. I don't know what's on that hand. But hey, leave I me, shake, leave me I out shake of it, it and I'm like not happy about it. Well, why in the world would you do that? Because he's a human being and he deserves the dignity of me shaking his hand. I won't. Like, I don't. I, not, I don't know why that. Like, why would I may that not be true? like it? But I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it because he deserves. I don't think people deserve. I don't think people have an inalienable born right to sh- touch my fucking skin. I don't think so. Well, shaking hands just, is a thing we made up. You know what shaking hands is? When you shake their hand, you're letting them know I don't have a weapon. Because if I had a weapon, it'd be in the hand that you're now shaking. I Are know, we? Is I that still that, necessary? I know the history of it, but really what's what what's happening is when somebody extends their hand and you refuse it, you're saying, look, there's something wrong with you. I don't want to shake your hand for, for some reason that I'm not going to go into right now. And I'm just like, I don't. I don't want to do that. I want to. I want to like go. Hey, look, you're a human being, just like me. We're on this planet. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. And I'm gonna shake your hand. Then I'm gonna try to find a place to wash my hand and hopefully not touch anything between now. See, and that now. sounds exhausting. I just say, hey, you know what? I'm not really doing the hand thing. Nice to see you. What's up? Well, there we go. Should we talk about something we like? Yeah, I, I've been wanting to talk about. It. <laughs> We've also got an email to read too. You can email okay, us at good. Bob and Clint. Should we do the email first? Let's go ahead and just get hit, it out of the let's way. Let's hit the email. All right. It's Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. We'll talk about whatever the fuck you want. Now, we got this email from Anna Vanston who says, Hey guys, congrats on the success of your podcast launch. Been uh, <laughs> What? You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I've been greatly enjoying the episodes. A couple episodes back, she says, I originally sent this when you gave the wrong email address. Yeah, I apologize. I gave the wrong email address a, f- a few times. <clears throat> is that the bug oh, guy? Uh, I've got somebody knocking on my door. Let's, let's see who it is. Yeah. Oh. Come in. It's my daughter, but she can't open the door. Let's pause for one second. 
Uh, like pause the recording. Yeah. Um, I think we no. should just let it ride, and you'll have to just edit this out. All right, hold on. Nova, I'm coming. You okay, bub? Hold Almost on, I done, gotta go okay? to the I'm coming. Bob's daughter is his bug guy. Sleeping and you're just out here because, on your own? Because I, because I was going to fall from the story of this boat. Right, hold on, come in here. I'm doing a podcast right now. Come in here and you can help me finish out this podcast, okay? My well, she's dressed like she just got back from a party. She's got like a white fur coat on. She's got a an iPhone in her hand. It's not working, and she's asking me why this iPhone's not working. But she, she's she's wandering basically outside of our house, unattended, while my wife's sleeping. Wow! And I'm well, out here. So well, hey, Scarlett. Definitely in the I'm not okay. You're not okay. <laughs> she can't hear you, by the oh, way. Okay, cool, great. So now she's sitting on my lap. So uh, let's keep going with the email. Okay. All right. Um, Congrats on the... uh, Okay. When Bob mentioned how much he enjoyed The Great British Bake Off, I had to recommend the Queer Eye reboot. If you haven't already seen it, it's on Netflix. And it's the same sort of soul-cleansing show. It's super heartwarming, charming, and funny. Really recommend you all give it a shot, or at least Bob should if Clint isn't into feel-good shows. The five guys on the show are pure gold, and you all just fall in love with the guests they the guests they give life makeovers to. Give it a shot. As for potential talking points for the show, I really love any sort of superlative story, which is the toilet paper word of the day. Uh, favorite slash least favorite songs to play that get requested, best worst fan encounters, best worst heckling moments, best worst shows y'all have played, anything like that. That should last you at least a couple episodes. Keep doing what you're doing. Cheers. Thanks so much, Anna. Well, that was uh, a nice. That's a thanks. nice email. Thanks, Anna. That was a nice email. And I have seen Queer. I've seen both seasons. The first season... Of the reboot is amazing. I cried almost every show. Second season, still good. Not quite as good as the first season, but worth watching. I've never seen any of that. Oh, they're great. The baking show sounded so bad. Have you still not seen the great British baking show? No, it's 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 like climbing up a hill to want to watch that. Just so. just watch the newest season. Don't watch the holiday baking show, because that's actually the newest newest. Watch the last regular season from 2018 of the Great British Baking Show. Just watch one episode, and this, you'll you'll get it. Once this you is watch reminding it. me of when you were trying to get me to watch The Wire, and I was like, "Dude, I've tried to watch the first episode like three times. I can't get through it." You're like, "No, dude, you have to just watch the first and second season." <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, you kind of like, do. Oh, is that all? You just have to watch half of the whole thing before you, you do get have into to watch it? 50 hours of The Wire to actually start getting into it. No, this is different. I did try to watch The Wire with my wife because she'd never seen it, and it's hard to get through now because it has been a few years since that came out. It's probably 15 years old now. The Great British Baking Show, though. Just watch the first episode of the regular last season. Just watch one episode, and you'll understand what the show is. It's not about the baking. It's not about making cookies. It's about the people, and it's about... And it's really an analogy for life. You oh have my all God. these different people. 
They're they're in the world. They're okay. sweet. They're they're they 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 care about each other. It's the way life could be. And then each week they get killed off one by one until only one is left. And so you're uh, saying it's both utopian and dystopian. It's basically no. like Garden of Eden, what life could be, meets 1984, what life is. It's kind of, no, it's kind of like what life is if you didn't interfere with it with a bunch of bullshit. It's just <laughs> just watch it. Dude, you then, are an amazing spokesperson for this show. I'm being serious. No, I love the show. Mm-hmm. It's really truly one of my favorite like it, that and Game of Thrones are maybe my two favorite TV shows of all time. Right. Okay. Well, uh, now, let's see her other uh, before we go here. Um she's saying uh superlative stories, favorite least favorite. What are your All right, let's do this cuz Bob Schneider fans, they want to hear from you. What is your favorite song, Bob Schneider song to play? Well, I always like whatever the newest good song is that I wrote. So any song that I've written in the last few months that's good or that I like, and for me, good is always lyrics. So if I wrote something where the lyrics are moving, uh, they they have some sort of emotional resonance for me, then that's my favorite song to play. And what would that be currently? Uh... I like a song that I wrote called I'm a Man, and uh, I like another song called Crashlander um, that I've been playing, uh, just mainly because I like the lyrics, and uh, they're fun to play. What about but what about least favorite? Least favorite's always going to be like Ass Knocker, or um, I think Ass Knocker. Like the party songs that you wrote when you were younger, and people, people feel connected to them, they request them at every show. There's a song I have called Ass Knocker where the lyrics are, all I want to do is rock this motherfucker all night long, y'all, nonstop till the cracking dawn, y'all. Ass knocking till you can't go on. Stop over with the goodies and get it on. It's a joke song. It's fun. Uh, I wrote it 15 years ago. I played it for 10 years, and I'm like, ah, I'm just, I'm over it. Now, so I, I hardly ever play it. It's, it's anything like that where I'm just over it. Let me let me get a Don't few mind. let me get a, just a few words on each song I'm going to I'm going to name some of your most beloved songs. Let's just get a few words of how you feel about each one, okay? All right. How do you feel about 40 Dogs? I like it. I'm proud of that song. I play it a lot. I don't I don't get tired of playing it. And here's why. I don't get tired of playing it because people react to it. So now if if people react to a song when I'm playing it live and I can see them lighting up and like pulling out their phones and start videoing then I'm like, oh yeah, there's a great reason to play this song. It's really exciting the audience. And it's about energy when you're playing live. You've got to give your mm-hmm. energy and then the audience has got to give their energy back. And so anything that you play that reacts like that to with the audience is going to be fun to play. Yeah, I never got tired of playing that song. I love 40 Dogs. All right, what about Honey Pot? Uh, it's not my favorite, uh, but I play it. Again, for the same reason. People like it. And it's a sing-along, so you get to get people to sing along at the end. But let, it, it is kind of like going through the motions a little bit. Let the Light In? Kind of same thing. Uh, metal and Steel. I like that song. I haven't been playing that song a lot. And then recently, I started playing it solo where I, where I play a harmonica with it. And I've really enjoyed playing it again. All right, a few more here. Um, round and Round. I hardly ever play it, but uh, I don't mind playing it. It's it's okay. It's okay to play. It's not a great song solo to play. Uh, Mudhouse. Eh. I play it again because, well, uh, Chick McGee from uh, uh, 
from the morning show, what is Tom and Bob, Bob and Tom, whatever it is. Good uh, God, my brain's not working. I have no idea anyway, what you're talking about. He, he used that song uh, on his podcast as the opening song, and he has a lot of listeners. So that song actually has become very popular sort of in the Midwest and uh, and for fans of that show. So I, I like to play songs that people know, again, because they react to it and it adds some energy to the set. My, All right. My daughter's yawning. Last one. <laughs> Last one, and then I'm curious about King Kong. Oh, I love that song. Love that song. Uh, I, I I don't play it as much as I was playing it for a while, but I I really love that song. There was a while there when we made King Kong where we were playing almost every song from that record a lot. It was really fun. Yeah, we were playing that whole record almost at every show. I, I'm really proud of that record. That I mean, that record came out before Blood and Bones, and both Blood and Bones and King Kong are, are two of my favorite records. I mean, I put them right up there with Lovely Creatures and I'm Good Now and Lonely Land. I, I, I'm really happy with the songs on that record. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Anna, for the wonderful question. I we're hope out of time. We're, def- we're over time. Yeah, we are. All right, well, uh, again, it was fun hanging out with you here. Please... Uh, Email us at bobandclint at gmail.com with your questions and comments. Check out Clint's podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast, about all things Metallica. But again, you don't need to know anything about Metallica or like them even to like the podcast. It's a great podcast, and uh, I love listening to it. Check out my podcast, um, Bob Schneider's Song Club, also uh, at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Bob Schneider. And I'm Clint Wells. Can you say bye, Nova? Say bye. Bye. Do you want to say goodbye to the people on the mic? Say goodbye, Scarlett, to the people on the mic. Ready? Just one time. She's saying, uh, I'm not getting paid enough for this. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys on the flip flop. All right. Bye. Bye.